She let go of his hand and scrabbled in her handbag for some loose change. She was almost sure she'd had some when she left home that morning, so why couldn't she find any now? If she didn't have a cigarette soon, she would explode. She looked down at her little boy who was standing patiently by her side. They were outside the newsagents on Brixton High Street, a gentle breeze ruffling the child's hair. She'd dressed him so carefully that morning, blue and white sailor suit and matching hat, long white socks and shiny black buckle shoes. He looked a picture, if she did say so herself. The child, being only four, was unaware of the admiring looks he was getting. He wriggled uncomfortably in the clothes that were too hot for him. It was the last carefree summer before Neville Chamberlain took the country to war. The sun was beating down on the pavements, as if it knew no one was going to see it, metaphorically speaking, for six long years. "'Make the most of it now,' it seemed to be saying. But it was too hot for her, and she still needed a cigarette. At last, she thought. She knew she had enough for a packet of ten woodbines. The shilling had got into the lining of her handbag. It had been fraying for years, her bag, but she couldn't afford a new one. At least, not while she fretted away what little money she had on sailor suits for her little boy, not to mention the cigarettes. "'Hello, love,' greeted old Chipping, the newsagent. He was sitting behind a pile of newspapers and magazines, looking for all the world like a mischievous gnome. "'Hot enough for you?' "'Yes, you can say that again,' she said with a weary smile. "'Is your daughter not here today?' She knew old Chipping wasn't allowed to serve any more, owing to his dwindling faculties. He hadn't been able to give anyone the right change for years. "'Yeah, she's just getting some stock out the back,' replied old Chipping. Nobody ever gave him the honour of a mister these days. "'Sal!' he cackled as loudly as his eighty-seven-year-old lungs would allow. "'Customer!' "'All right, Dad, hold your horses. I can't be in two places at once.' She was desperate for a cigarette now. She even contemplated grabbing old Chipping by his lapels and demanding he hand one over. Luckily, Sally Dawson appeared just then, carrying a large carton of woodbines. "'Thank God,' she said to herself. "'Hello, Doreen, love,' said Sally, grinning all over her chubby face. She looked just like Mrs. Bunn, the baker's wife, to Doreen. She was the spitting image of her, according to our own pack of cards, anyway.' all rolls of fat and wobbly jowls, crinkly little eyes disappearing into the folds of her cheeks, and an apron straining across her bosom that looked in danger of splitting at any moment. "'Hello, Sally,' said Doreen, her hands now shaking from lack of nicotine. Ten woodbines, please.' She put the money down on the counter. "'Just right.' "'Just right, love,' agreed Sally. There followed a long wait, however, because Sally had trouble opening the carton. It was all Doreen could do not to lean over the counter and tear at the cardboard with her bare hands. Finally, a packet was extracted from the large box. She had the cigarette out of the packet and the light before Sally Dawson could blink. Cool, she said. You look like you need that. I do. It's been a long day. She puffed away gratefully at the little stub of nicotine. You not got Derrick with you, then? "'asked Sally, leaning over the counter and looking for the little boy. "'Of course I have. "'We've been at the library and then to Ferrari's for an ice-cream. "'They do that Rossi's stuff that all the kids love. "'He got it all over his nice new suit.' "'What have you done with him, then?' Sally was puzzled. "'He's here. Where else would he?' "'She trailed off. Derek was no longer at her side. 
She ran out into the street and called his name. There was no sign of him. She started to run up and down the high street, screaming his name now at the top of her voice. But Derek was gone.'